Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Fight Podcast. For those of you who don't know, my name is Mark Smith. I'm the host of the show, and I want to thank you for listening today. This is episode number 736, Not Everything is Black and White, with Paul Jones. Paul and I have been in contact for almost eight years now through a mutual friend. We've never met each other. We exchange messages from time to time. We share posts, articles, ideas through email and through Instagram. And recently, towards the back end of last year, Paul released a book. In that book, Not Everything is Black and White, Paul put a number of ideas and thoughts Articles, you could say, blog posts, you could say, together. You can pick up the book at any time and literally turn to any page. I, It's a paper book, so you need to order it on Amazon, which is linked in the show notes. I personally found almost every article very, very interesting, so much so that I read the book twice and then asked Paul if he'd be willing to come on the show and discuss it with me. And then I started making notes in the book, which I very rarely do. And that's why this show is actually a little bit longer. I apologize to people that normally listen to the show and we sort of get it done in 45 minutes and that seems to work well for everyone. This is probably one of the longest shows I've done for a very long time because I wanted to talk to Paul and understand a number of the different posts that he put together, a number of the different articles that he had put together. So this is the conversation I had with Paul, where we cover all sorts of different things related to the pages of that book. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Inner Fight Podcast and welcome my, I'm going to call you my long-term friend, Mr. Paul Jones from the UK. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Marcus. How are you? I'm fantastic. Happy New Year to you, of course. And Happy New Year to you. Although, so although we lots. said it once before we stopped, we, stopped <laughs> we, we pretend that we're greeting each other for the world of podcasting. Right? I should have just pressed record from the start, shouldn't I? Uh, there's nothing wrong with manners and being polite twice. Exactly, exactly. Mate, as a, as a little background, and, and this, was, this was actually rather embarrassing for me, I, we'd been in touch on, on, on Instagram for for a number of years and yep. I think about probably about eight months ago I sent you a message just like mate how do we actually know each other know each other yeah you did <laughs> I felt like an absolute arsehole like... ah, it's, it's a good question to ask because if you don't know then there's only one way to find out exactly and that's that's actually what I love about you mate and that's what I love about what we're going to chat about today but we sort of we got to know each other through a mutual friend who was in Dubai and left Dubai about seven or eight years ago, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But, mate, I think this is not about me and your relationship. I think we, what we should do is kick off with a little bit of background, who you are, what you do, and maybe then lead to what we're going to speak about. I'll let you do that because you also, and I'm going to put links to all of this in, in the show notes, but you also have your own podcast as well, Normalize Activity. So you're very good at this stuff, mate. So kick it off. Ah, who am I? Isn't that, isn't that the question for everybody? Who are you? Crikey. 
Um, on me. It's probably that's probably the simplest thing. But beyond <laughs> that, uh, whilst I wouldn't define myself by what I do, let's let's. I suppose maybe that's a background. What do I do? So I'm a, I'm a nurse practitioner. I've been a nurse for the last almost eighteen years. Work in general practice in the UK. So I'm I'm with your family doctor and if people are ill they come in and see me on the day uh, I do examinations prescribe treat them refer if needs referral organize tests that sort of thing so that's my day job I like to exercise I get up early in the morning my alarm goes off at five and I head into the garage and get my shit done as it were enjoy it get a bit better at life uh, and then probably the important bits I'm a father and a husband and uh, enjoy my family, really. Uh, and there's probably, the, this is a very simplistic way uh, of explaining who I am. Uh, but I guess that is also the most honest who I am at the moment, really. I'm in my 40s, so I've had a little bit of life. <laughs> and I'm currently surrounded by boxes because we're packing up the house to move, which is all the fun and games. And, and also I see in the background some Transformers, which I'm, I think they're Transformers. Not very oh, yeah, mate, this is, this is Lego. Is this Lego? This is oh, amazing. <laughs> this is all Lego. This is, this is what was the Lego room. So, um, Unbelievable. It, so this is my son's, son's Toby, Lego room. Toby likes Lego. Oh, he loves Lego. <laughs> You said something interesting there that you, how we define ourselves is obvious, is often based on what we do. How did, mm. and, and I, I think there's a certain amount of truth in that. I want to figure out, did, did you always want to go into nursing and helping people? And is that then how that's defined you or, or, or how does that work? <laughs> no, I want to be a rugby player. That's what I wanted to do. Um, I was to play played on my junior rugby for Bath, which is just, was a good team in the UK. Apparently, <laughs> rubbish, having lost all their games this season. But at the time, when I was when I was at that age, they were the dominant team in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, did county rugby, divisional rugby, and then I ruptured my cruciate ligament. And this is before a time where you'd go to the doctors and they'd send you off for an MRI pretty quickly. I think it took them. A year to identify what I'd done, and then two years to reconstruct my knee, by which time I, life had moved on. I kind of missed my window. The game had gone pro. had no confidence in my knee uh, and had a real crisis of identity as to who I was, because at that time I did define myself. I, um, I was Paul the rugby player. Did a couple of different things. Started a sports science degree. Didn't enjoy the place I was doing it in. Failed my second year, wasn't going to repeat my second year because I hate Coventry. Did some work in a school as a science technician, did some care work and was doing a, a biology degree. Didn't know what I was going to do with a biology degree. Really enjoyed the care work. It was suggested maybe I'd like, you know, what have you thought about doing nursing? Uh, and that's how I ended up in nursing. And yeah, I feel very lucky actually to be a nurse. It's lovely to be able to help people. I can imagine... And this is a little bit of a segue, mate, but the last couple of years as a nurse has probably been nothing that anyone wrote in any textbook that you were taught. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you give us a, um, a, a, a little 
as long as you want, but just uh, like, I don't want, this is not a COVID show. Um, we, we have enough of those lying around at the moment, but I think it's, I think it's insensitive of me not to a acknowledge the medical industry and, and, and what people such as yourself have done over the last two years, but it's also a little bit ignorant not to ask, like, how's it been? <laughs> how's it been? So I'm not in a hospital. And I would suggest that the pressure has been much, much more on those guys mm. just because of the level of patient that they are seeing and the high risk they are seeing. So we went from a complete face-to-face -face model where all patients were being seen face-to-face to completely switching it to telephone consultations, which was a, a massive change because you're having to ask the right questions to elicit the information to find out what's going on with the patient to see if you can then treat them safely over the phone or whether you then need to bring them in surgery to see them face to face uh, and all of a sudden the little sniffles and coughs and colds that would come in disappeared yeah. but everything got a lot more a lot more complicated um, so it's been it's been a massive learning curve and it was really uncomfortable probably for the first eight or nine months whilst adjusting and getting comfortable. And there's that Dunning-Kruger um, graph where you go from feeling quite comfortable because you're quite ignorant and then realizing there's lots of stuff you don't know. So you kind of think, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm talking about. And then as you get a bit more comfortable, your confidence comes back up again. Yeah. So went through that massively. Um, seeing COVID patients, it's quite you're aware of it and when you see your first one and they're really not in a good way so if you say your oxygen level should be 99 92% and above for normal mm. and as you get below that you're starting to think oh there's something going on here I saw a chap whose oxygen sats were 66 his respiratory rate was about 60 and his heart rate was 120 130 and he's normal okay he probably wasn't as athletic as, as you I'm not going to include myself there. Um, and you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, shit, you know, this guy needs to go to the hospital straight away. Uh, and off he went. And you don't always find out what happens. And actually, I was very fortunate to see him six or seven months later because he'd hurt his back and he was a completely different human being. Uh, and that was the first time COVID really, really hit me. We were aware of how bad it might have been. Mm. And, and it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. But it continues to be... A challenge mm. and it, it's it's difficult seeing seeing what goes on in the media as well it's not helpful or uh, and social media as well <laughs> as i say mate i appreciate what you've done in the way that you've carried yourself and in closing the covid part of our conversation i also continue to appreciate the medical industry you you literally you just like it's almost like when you when you pull the ring pull on a can and, and, and it breaks, so you can't quite get in, so you can't open the full can. As to what you said about the media and social media, because I think that would be a show the whole day. There have been some incredibly positive things to come mm -hmm. from this, as there is for every year, mate. I don't think it's, you know, it, 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 it's life. And that's really what we want to sort of talk more about today or, or, or focus on through... I think prior, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll apologize, mate, but in 2020, you spent more time writing and you brought your thoughts together in quite an incredible 
booked. What is, yeah. am I right on the sort of timelines and when a lot of these pieces were written? Hundred percent. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I hadn't really written at all, um, and probably at the start of last no, two years ago, twenty twenty. Um, I perhaps started to just chuck out a few posts on Instagram and a, and a friend, Dave, he reached out and said, mate, you should start a blog. There's some really interesting stuff there. Like, no one's going to want to read what I'm writing. He said, no, I, I think it would be worth worthwhile you doing that. And I thought about it. And I was like, all right, do you know what? I'll do it because if nothing else, it's a way for, for, for me to get my things out of my head and onto, onto yeah. a format. Uh, and it perhaps helps process things and... Yeah, it was a, there were lots of observations. There were little things that would crop up, and maybe it was a word that spun around in my head, and then it came out, and then I'd take a picture to go with it, or maybe I'd take a picture, and then the words would follow that. So that that's how it started. I started as a as a blog, uh, and and then so another mutual friend, Paul Warrior, he sent me a little book that he'd made of um, one of his training weekends, and I can remember sitting next to my wife Amy and going do you know what, maybe I could make this into a book. That was at the start of 2021. Mm. I'm not sure how I'm going to do that, but it'd be really nice if I had to hold this in, in my hands and have something, even if it's just for me, mm. so I can go, huh, I wrote that. And very fortunately, Toby, my son, is a girl in his class, good friends with her parents, and, and Steve is a, a digital editor, actually. So he puts things into digital format wow. uh, and we had a conversation. He said, well, I can help with that. It's not a problem. And then yeah, it kind of went from there. It's interesting what you said about the words and how they come. Uh, yeah. You, you st- I'm going to make a presumption here, mate, because as humans, okay. we are sometimes quite presumptuous. You strike me as someone who is completely the opposite of myself in that I'll literally get something, I'll write it down, and then I'll push it everywhere. Whereas you strike me as someone who looks at something, takes a picture, finds some words, thinks about them, rewrites it, touches it up, does. So the question, that's my presumption. The question okay. is, you, how, do you, like, how do you get your thoughts in order? Okay, so I would say both. There are, there are days when it just, it's there, it's done in five minutes and there's right. nothing to change for it and it's out. And there are day, there are times when there's a sentence and it's in my head for two weeks and I'll start to write and there's nothing coming. Wow. And then maybe I'll add a few bits and then I'll come back to it. And then all of a sudden it's like all the pieces drop into place and it's, it's there. And I'm very lucky that Amy will check my grammar and make sure I've got four stops in the right place because English is not English is my first language, but I'm crap at it. I'm just <laughs> I don't mind. I'm happy to admit that. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Some things are just really come to me, and often they'll come if I'm driving in the car, I'm not thinking about anything else. Maybe there's some quiet music in the background as I'm driving, or nothing, and there's like, oh, I've got this, 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 this. And then I'll sit down and and, and I've got notebooks everywhere. <laughs> I've, got, I've got small notebooks. I've got big notebooks. And, and they're all started with different bits and pieces in there. Because, you know, a pen and paper. And then phone, I'm there. Oh, I need to put some words down. Yeah, it's, it's all over the place. And then it all comes together. 
<laughs> so I'm 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 fifty percent the way. That, so this image that I've got of you when you when you put stuff together is 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 almost right. It's it's interesting because mine, as I say, I'm just and I'll just I, I'm trying to get better. But so, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Me too. And um, to, I sent you I emailed you a couple of pieces recently that yeah. aren't in the book, uh, and they were perhaps a bit more the way you imagined. They were a bit more thought processed. Um, a couple, they, they took a bit longer. It was trying to choose the right words. I was a bit more mindful of how I was putting those together. Do you think, though, because you, and, and again, I'm not sure if this is true for 100% of, of the pieces in the book, but because you put these pieces together before really having the idea of, of having this beautiful print version of the book, <laughs> you... You 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 wrote them in a different way. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Maybe I just I just wrote them how I knew how to write them. Yeah, if that makes sense. I wasn't writing it for an audience. I was writing it for me. Mm. Um, and I think am I still doing that? I think I'd like to think I am. Yeah. Um, I, I'm mindful not to repeat myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, have I run out of words? Have I run out of things to, to say? Uh, and sometimes some of the things in the book have been provoked. I've heard something and I'm like, fuck you. That's not, that's really irked me. Or, mm. oh, hold on. There's a little germ of sense there that I could build upon. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, yeah I, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> that's probably the best way of saying it. Amazing. I can't start the book without looking at, it's not the first page, it's the second or the third and fourth page, which says, we've already mentioned, mate, um, where actually we've mentioned the people on the third page and the fourth page, but I want to, I see this a lot in books and your third page says, for Amy and Toby, I'm far greater because of you. I love you dearly. Why did you put that there? Because that's how I feel. Um, I think Amy has let me be who I want to be. She's it allowed me to be myself. Mm. And perhaps in previous relationships, that wasn't happening. So um, I'm very thankful for that. She gets that I am a bit weird and get up early in the morning and do my exercise, that I write stuff. Definitely. Uh, no, but weird for the <laughs> weird for the majority of people. I agree. Uh, but, but she gets that, and she understands that, and actually, she encourages it, encourages it to be me. Um, and Toby is just a constant reminder to try and do better each day for him. As my son, um, yeah, and he's quite humbling. He'll say things, and you know, where's that come from? That's hit me right between the eyes. Yeah. How when old? You're is eleven. He? He's eleven. Yeah. And he's now sent off. Maybe I'll be a philosopher when I'm older. Wow. <laughs> or either that or a Lego designer. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure at 11, I'm not sure at 43, I'd, I'd, I'd spell philosopher in the right way the first time around. <laughs> Same, mate. Do you know what? All I want for him is to be happy. Yeah. And then happy on the next too. page, we have an interesting quote. Mm. And, and folks, don't worry, we're not going to go page by page. I want people to do that when they go to the link and, 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 and buy the page and 
and you don't actually have to go page by page, but we'll come to that in a second. Uh, uh, quite a, from what I understand, quite a dear friend of yours, quite a, 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 a close friend who you guys have shared some incredible ideas yeah. between. You quote him, mate. Tell us about this quote. So the quote. Why it's there, uh, what it means. Okay. So the book I referenced by Paul um, was of a, his gym is called Camp the Campfire. And he was due to do a weekend in March of 2020. And I, that was my birthday present to myself. I was going to go up and do the weekend. And it got cancelled because of COVID. And he'd done a weekend prior to that. And that was the book that he sent me. And in it, he wrote, whatever you think you missed, you did. And it's like, you motherfucker, you've got me there, haven't you? <laughs> you really have. Yeah. And that struck a chord. And that's why it's in there. Because actually, if you think you missed it, you most definitely have. And actually, you just need to go make it happen. So it's like, yeah. I'm going to stick that in there. <laughs> and that's what, that's what he wrote. He wrote that to me, for me, and it, and it stuck. And actually, you know, Paul and I, I would say we do have a good friendship, but we've met each other in person three times, mm. three or four times, but we have regular phone chats uh, and messages. And yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of thoughts that go back and forth. Yeah. And he knows his stuff much like you in terms of, um, training people, getting them fit, getting them strong, getting them better at life. Yeah. Whereas I am not from that perspective. I can, I can dabble, but I don't have the um, the knowledge that you guys have. We'll come to that later, because <laughs> I think that's a that's a, or hopefully we will. Let's see how we go. Yeah, yeah of course. With 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 time. The title of the book, which, as we've been chatting for the last 20 minutes, people are like, what the hell is this book called? So I'm going to hit that next, mate. And it's called Not Everything is Black and White. Yep. Why? <clears throat> because wouldn't it be nice if everything was that binary, that black and white? There are nuances and shades to so many different things. And ironically, it's a nod to the photos as well. And originally there are there's a there's a title in there not everything is a hollywood blockbuster mm. i think um and actually the original picture so i've taken all the photos within the book um but the original picture for it so the the, the, the it's it's page two actually the middle tree is actually red so it looks like it's on fire which was the original photo but for printing purposes, it was much easier to put everything in black and white. <laughs> Did you have that title? Well, I, I presume by that, the title came later. Yeah, very or much at, so. At the end. Yep. Steve said, what are you going to call it? <laughs> oh, let's go with not everything is black and white and anthology of thoughts. Because people said, well, what sort of book is it? Um, I don't know. It's just my thoughts. Yeah. But isn't that such a great learning from the start, mate, is that we often set out to do things such as a book. And, uh, well, we don't all set out to write a book, but everything seems to want to have a big title from the start and a, a, an end goal. Whereas there's two things that you've said so far that really nail that down, that that's not always the case. One is these were just writings that you had that you never 
you just wrote for you essentially just as your own perhaps therapy you probably wrote more in 2020 because it was hard and you wrote deeper at certain times maybe because something was going on or maybe because that's just how you felt that day and then you get a title just as it's going to print yeah yeah it's funny you said because 2020 was hard i bizarrely i really enjoyed 2020 uh, I, it wasn't as much on the roads it was much calmer everything was just a little bit slower mm. I, I quite enjoyed 2020 I enjoyed just having the family time yeah. work was hard and that was really challenging but work was only one part of my day and I could come back and actually enjoy the peace and quiet we walked more than we had ever walked together as a family and you get some good conversations when you're walking because there's no other distractions mm. Yeah. so whilst there were restrictions I think we made the best of it and actually we really enjoyed those opportunities and I think that was the thing we made it an opportunity mm. is there a piece in these I think it's almost 80 pages let me just I'm a, I know you're into stats so I don't want to get it wrong there's 75 <laughs> pages in this in this book and as, as you said, mate, just to make it clear for the readers, the name of the book is not Everything is Black and White. It's available on Amazon. I will link to it in the show notes. It is what it says on the front, an anthology of thoughts, various bits that Paul has written. And they're almost, for want of a better way, and I hope this is an, a, a way that you're happy with me describing it, Paul, it's a series of blog posts that you've written, just put yep. together in a book. Essentially, yeah. So is there one that, you like the most because oh, i have a list of the ones that i want to talk about and if the one that you like the most is not on my list i'm gonna look like a real asshole um i guess it's like asking which is your favorite child <laughs> in some respect the one that's behaving themselves um <laughs> i don't have a particular favorite one they were they're all moments in time that i'm chuffed with i think so if, if you know, we go for the dopamine hit that is social media, I think the ones that kind of got the most reaction, there's one that, that's called To Stand Apart on page 67. Mm-hmm. I think that probably got that probably got the most traction. Um, the Door was a personal one. That was pretty good. You don't know what's going on in, in the background. Yeah. The Thorns Matter. I quite like that one as well. Um, I I do not know everything. I I, I I'm going to go through all of them. Aren't I? Let's be <laughs> I I like them all. Um, the one of my son and I just hitting boxing mitts was quite nice. That came quite quickly, but that's probably because that's very personal. Yeah, yeah, mate. Let's go. I mean, the, it's interesting. I'm actually going to start on page one. Okay. With hold fast. Yep. And it, it's weird. I don't know if, if, if was it Stephen that, that put it together, the digital guy? Um, I don't no, know. I, I put them in order. I think. You put them in order because it's so interesting. After we've done the, the, the nice thanks at the start, we go straight into this, which is called Hold Fast. And I, only, I just want to read the first little bit, but choose wisely. Everything is transient. Permanence is an illusion. 
tell us about this one, mate, because it's... <laughs> you didn't realize this was going to be so hard, do you? And, mate, I'll keep talking for a little bit whilst you just read so, it. So just ignore me. <laughs> I, think, I think it's probably... Why did I do it? Why did I write it? Why did I make it? Obviously, at the time, I think we were probably just into COVID and everything had changed and everything that we knew could change just like that. And I think that is the reality of every day, isn't it? Um, if we look at you and your accident when you bike, everything was good and then all of a sudden everything was less good. And, and that's the reality of life. Things can change in the flick of a switch. So it's important that we choose wisely to things that we hold on to because there's a lot of crap that we hold on to that perhaps we don't need to hold on to. And that's why I think it's an awesome, like you chose the right one to kick it off. It's, it sets the tone. There's a theme that comes through and it starts on page two. Okay. And it says, this is not a Hollywood blockbuster. This dirty, grimy, real life. There is no guaranteed happy ending. Yep. I feel that that's the first reference of death in your book. It happens a few times, doesn't it? Death? And then I see death referenced a number of times. Yeah. I think you just jumped to, if you jump to page, and I'm not really going to grill you on every single page, mate, baby. Oh, I, don't, I don't mind. To page We're gonna go nine. Six. Oh, page nine. Okay. I think page nine, death comes again. No, sorry, page six. You're right. But then there's a really yeah. nice piece on, t on page nine where it says, We are guests on this wonderful sphere. In time, we'll return to it, to the earth, a fact of life. Mate, what is death? Just the next step, isn't it? It's, it's probably the one, it's the one thing we know is, is going to happen in life. There's no getting away from it. Um, and having seen lots of death in my role, mm. it, it's interesting to watch lots of different people approach it in different ways. Um, and then the aftermath of death as well, and how we, re we react to the death of people. Uh, and... I, and yeah, it, it's that thing that is, it, it's waiting for us and, and not to be morbid, but I think we do have some agency to how we go about meeting death in the future. You can invest in yourself, in your health, and it's not just about time spent, it's how you spend that time. Mm. It, it, it needs to be quality as well and being able to do things. And, and I think that's really important to me is actually at 90 if i'm still alive i want to be alive and be able to get up and go for a walk i want to go out and swing a kettlebell i want that to go and do those things that make me happy i don't want to be sat in a chair wishing i'd done more 10 years ago so i wouldn't be in a position where i can't do things and, and i'm i'm sensible enough to know that actually sometimes we don't get those choices because our bodies are fragile to some extent and things and things crop up that we don't have any agency over but it's out there and, it, and to ignore it would be foolish do you think it's ignored on on by many do people talk about death on a regular basis no they don't and quite rightly so it, you know, in theory it's a long way off isn't it sure yeah well for some for others maybe not but at, at our age yeah 
43. I would like to think, you know, we've got a few more years, a few more laps around the sun before we need to be facing that. But I think our parents, you know, will start to see friends die in the next 10 years of their age group. And it's, it's there all the time. So I think it's important to have one eye on it and be aware of it and make sure we're doing things now that our future self is thankful for. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think it's, um, I think if you face or see death, it makes you reflect on what you are doing at this moment in time and what you could be doing better. I think that's one thing that's quite prominent through the book and also through your communication on, on, on social media. You, you almost, I don't know, mate. And again, I don't want this. <laughs> I seem like I'm making oh, sorry, go for it. assumptions about, about how you think, but I, I feel that you, you identify with death and therefore identify more with life. And yeah, I think so. And, and, and realize that perhaps time is finite and quality of life is, and it ties in with what you said there at 90 years old, you still want to be able to swing a kettlebell, you know? Yeah. So it, because you understand what's part of life, which is death, you maybe deeper understand what is a bigger part of life, which is life. Yeah, and perhaps my professional work has, has fed into that. So um, prior to the role I'm doing now, I was a community matron where I would try and keep people out of hospital that had long-term conditions and try and improve their health outcomes. Um, and also, I also did a study on frailty, and we were looking at how to reduce the frailty of older patients within the surgery. And what I was seeing is those 90-year-olds that actually have really low frail scores was because they were getting up and doing something every day. Mm. Now, whether it was even a part-time job or they had a drive and a motivation to go and do things and they hadn't stopped being active. So number, number six, the, the page we're looking at, there is a picture and it's a car that has overgrown with shrubs. And I'd seen this car several times. I was like, I need to stop and take a picture of that because I know the words that are going to go with it. Right. Uh, and the car is a perfect picture, a description of what happens. It's been stationary. Everything's grown over it and it's trapped. And essentially that's what happens to us. If we sit down, we end up gathering dust. Mm. So we need to keep moving. It's cool. That picture is very cool, especially in black and white. I'm glad that one wasn't in color. Yeah. I know because it's a crappy red filled fiesta well, <laughs> and it's still say, there I you it's red <laughs> <laughs> it is and it's still there now and that's two years on and actually what's really sad there's another car that's joined next to it and that's also now covered no way yeah wow hey, I'm gonna hop to one of the ones that you mentioned because it's on my list it's it's up on page 63 and it's called The Door. And I'll have to be totally honest. You posted this on Instagram. <sighs> I, I should know the, the, the date. Um, and I found it really interesting. I, I found the picture of the door interesting. I wanted to know whose door it was. I probably should have asked you. But I found the words super, super interesting. Tell us a little bit about this. Okay. So The Door 
is in a little village in Chapman Slate. I saw it after I dropped my son off to school. I went, that's the one. Because I've been looking for the right thing. And that was the one. Uh, and what is it? I'd had a conversation with a close friend and they have a, quite a reasonable social media presence. And from what they were posting on social media, you would have no idea there was a lot of stuff going on in the background. And we had that conversation and it's like, oh, and this, this came out in five minutes. This one just flew out. Uh, we'd had, had the conversation probably that, that morning or the day before I'd seen the picture. I'd thought about it driving into work and wrote it there and then. Wow. I, and it, it's real, isn't it? We are, for one reason or another, and actually, I think it's right. I don't think you should wash your dirty laundry in public or air your dirty laundry in public. You know, certain things should be held private. Yeah. But you have no idea what's going on in the world as someone. You just see, you just see this this facade at the front, and you don't know necessarily what's going on behind the eyes or behind the front door. And sometimes, if someone's just a little bit off their stride, maybe you should take the time to just say everything all right mm. and just take that as a subtle hint to either back off a little bit or just to put a hand out and say, look, I'm here if you need me. Or just check on them and make sure they're not being a dick for the day. You know, it, it could be any one of those things. But yeah, it was, that's where that came from. Who's, it's, you've touched on some really interesting bits there and which I hoped you would because it's exactly what you've, written in the text and, and later on in the post it says respect is required the very reason the bolt and spiral exist yeah we're in an interesting time when it comes to communication and that sort of front that you sort of say you know people people have this door and and sometimes they 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 open it and and, and you you go on to say it mate you say if you knock you you may stay on the doorstep or you may be let in either way. You're always a guest, never the owner. Remember that. Where's the, it, 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 which I don't know if there's a definitive answer, but I often think this like where's, cause we all have our door up. Yeah. yeah. A lot of time we all have our door closed and then we sort of, we get a bit more comfortable and we, we, we open it a little bit and we sort of, you know, look out and stuff. Where does the, where does the onus lie? Is it based on personalities or is it, or did, how does it work? Well, and, and in terms of who do we open our door to? Yeah. I think, oh, it's a very individual thing for everybody to say. No, um, I think often it's a confluence of probably three or four different things happening at the same time. Timing, mm. how you feel at that moment in time, mm. um, shared interest, time. For some people, you'll hit it off straight away mm -hmm. and you'll show more than perhaps you would normally to other people. Other people, it takes time because you have this idea of what they might be like. And actually, once you slowly get to know them, you're like, well, hold on. You're my kind of black coffee. Mm -hmm. Come on in and we'll, we'll have a chat. And I think you always hold a little piece behind a door and maybe only to your wife or, or to your children or to really close people, do you ever fully open the door wide? But I think uh, relationships, 
will always go at different speeds depending on who that person is and where you are. And actually, my wife and I said this, you know, if we'd met five years before, we probably wouldn't be married because we're very different people and we're in very different places. But actually, when we met, it was the right time. Does that make sense? It totally does, mate. It totally does. It's, um, I, I agree with you as well. Like some things will, I mean, you know, one of my, my sort of favorites is, is everything happens for a reason. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, you, you know, things based on, I mean, you just feel, but I, I, I also, I also think at certain times where we create ideals based on dreams or what we've seen and we almost want people to to be what we want them to be rather than being happy because if we stay with the door sometimes (laughs) it's there's cliches everywhere here isn't there but you open the door you see what's in the closet you know and it's like (laughs) you know and 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 a lot of people are mate the whole door and that's why i love this i was going to kick it off with this but we started somewhere else because it's almost like a whole show in itself because it's it's like how much do you show and when do you show it and there's no there's no definitive no and i think also it's sort of dependent on the other person willing to open their door at the same time if that makes sense because you know we're going with the analogies here but I, i think you have to be willing to be open and share things so um the, the last bit's a line um either way you're a guest never the owner that you, you know you knock you may stay on the doorstep this actually comes back to something i remember a colleague of me of mine telling me when i first started as a nurse i was a community nurse so we would see patients in their own home mm. and actually you're always the guest you have no right to be in their home delivering care Mm. and looking after them they could ask you to leave at any time so you have to be able to strike up a rapport really quickly on the doorstep to then let, let you in which is there in a sanctum a very private area and then help them with their health and that can be very intimate mm. so you have to be able to have that relationship and be open enough that they trust you mm. and never feel that you hold the power in that relationship because it's their home um so th- i think that's probably stuck with me and that's probably come through a little bit in the end with that i could keep going but i want to flip to the page just next right? but when you said the power then i'm like there's a million one questions it's oh. bigger talk about around that but we'll, sure. we'll move on mate because we're not getting through my list very fast <laughs> <laughs> which is okay as well fear the one on page 65 oh, yeah. which is 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 just next door and may i'm going to continue as as i sort of have been doing because i like i like all of the i actually like the whole book i said before we started recording i've read it twice i've made notes which i very rarely do on a book and i made them in ink as well so they, that makes me so happy <laughs> i was i think it's that thing at school isn't it like you you spend your life at school defacing textbooks and getting in trouble <laughs> for it <laughs> and, you're yeah. and then then there comes a day where someone says you know you'll enjoy this book a lot more if you just make some notes on it and then you're like oh my god i used to get beaten for I'm allowed <laughs> yeah no <laughs> but fear mate you say sits within all of us 
uh, yet we tried to deny it, to bury it as if it wasn't there. Sometimes, and this is what I, I, I like the whole thing. I might just read the whole thing if that's okay. Sometimes it's yeah, service, surface, constantly teasing us on high alert, scared of the next footstep. Other times it waits in the deep, surrounded by shadows, shrouded in heavy silence. And this is where it gets quite hectic for me. For many, the fear can be of rejection, failure, intimacy, success, or not being enough of death. The fear of revealing something in us that we don't that we don't know what to recognize, perhaps all rooted in the fear of not being good enough. And the reason why I wanted to, to go through to that bit, mate, is because the last, and, 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 and it's got a highlight, good enough at the end. Do you, was this post and very short but very powerful piece of text based around that, that, you've seen a lot of people or you've been a person who has gone through life or has had parts of life where there's this massive fear of not being good enough? Oh, probably a bit of both. Definitely. I've, I've gone through that. Um, and it's only as I've got older that I've become more comfortable with myself. And actually I just need to be good enough for me. Maybe that sounds a bit selfish, but actually if I'm happy myself, then actually I tend to give out more happy, positive vibes and how? be much more productive. How? How did that happen? Yeah, because I think that's the real learning here. Do you know what? Turning 40 was a, was a revelation <laughs> for me. I suddenly realised that I didn't have to... Um, I became much less... I can't think of the word. It's gone out of my head. Um, tolerant of people and people's bullshit, mm. actually. And I had was comfortable, not comfortable, but I was, yeah, very comfortable. Uh, the job still challenges me, but I was comfortable and confident in my job. I knew I was doing a good job. Very, I'm very lucky that I have a fantastic relationship in my home life, which just makes everything else much easier. Mm. It's like, do you know what? I'm, I'm happy with who I am and what I'm doing. I don't have to worry about not being good enough. And there are still days when you think, am I doing a good job? But I think it's, that's a good thing to think like that because otherwise you become complacent. complacent. Um, but certainly I see people all the time questioning themselves, are they good enough? And you're like, well, what is it you're frightened of? I don't know. Because yeah, we have fear in us all the time. And I think, I, think um, I sent a message to a friend recently about fear. And it's probably, it probably fits quite nicely into this. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Because I, uh, and that's, that's why this piece really jumped out to me as, as well, Paul, because I think, okay, fear in 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 a number of terms can be of of a, a legitimate danger you know yep. I, I have a fear of 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 crocodiles like okay that's not me not being good enough but you know that's actually you know i or i have a fear of flying you know because i have this perception that the plane's going to drop out of the sky and they're almost like what i'd classify as as real rational fears real, yeah. quite rational but i think a lot of the other fears or the biggest percentage of fears are all related to 
what you say in the final line there is people have this fear of not being good enough and that's what's holding so many people back in so many different ways 100 so i think uh, what i'd send um it's not that the fear is gone it's that i can acknowledge it and i can work with it that, that's what i sent i sent yeah. that to paul actually um last week and i think i think that's it it, it doesn't doesn't paralyze me anymore it doesn't stop me so i was fearful about putting the book out there or putting the posts out there yeah and then once it's out there well what's the worst that can happen mm. it doesn't matter anymore because it's for me it's done and it was about putting the stuff out of my head out on there so if someone doesn't like it don't worry about it because amy said to me well, what are you going to do if someone says oh your book is crap i said well that's their opinion it, this is how i felt at the time mm crack on um feedback is feedback isn't it how you choose to use it is up to you yeah and i think mate i'll, I'll be totally honest like that's why i've almost got a lift list of favorites it's not that i i think these are the best of, of the book i think they're the best for me they're the ones that i enjoyed the most because that's my opinion and and you yep. quite thankfully and, and quite humbly are, are willing to discuss them but that that's just me and i mean i think that's what's interesting as well is it's not a you're not it's not a science book in a way no it's a book of we're thoughts not, yeah we're not dealing with fact uh, so my hope was that if someone is able to take one sentence even if it's just from one sentence out the whole book that makes them go oh hold on a second maybe i just need to look into that a bit more uh, i could change a few things then that makes me happy that's very cool yeah let's keep moving mate on page 42, and I, I'm pretty sure there's, there's no surprise that to you that I've flagged this one, but there is pleasure in being up early in the dark. My question to you here is, have yes. you always enjoyed waking up early in the dark to what you're doing now to become a better human by taking care of your physical health? So, No. <laughs> it was a conscious decision. Mm. Um, I used to go to a gym and training was always at half past seven in the evening. Rugby was always at half past seven in the evening um, or three o'clock in the afternoon. And as a kid, it was okay. It was sort of half 10, 11 o'clock, but it was never super early. And it's like, well, I'm not actually getting anything out of the gym at the moment. I'm paying my membership. Life is changing. So maybe I need to just pull back on some finances and not pay for the gym membership. I've got kit in the garage. How do I make this work? And initially it was in the evenings, but then it was messing with sort of family time. I was like, okay, well, if I get up early in the morning, it affects nobody else and it's done out of the way out and it, it's done for the day. There's no excuses when I come home from work. Oh, I'm tired. I've had a crap day. So I said to myself, right, for the next three weeks, you are going to get up at half past five. And you are going to go out and you're going to go and do something three days a week. That was the start. And I think that started four or five years ago. And now I'm up four days a week at five o'clock in the morning to get my stuff done. And I love it. It's okay. There are some mornings I'm out there and I'm going, what the fuck am I doing out here? I could be tucked up in bed. I'm tired. I'm not in the mood for this. And then I get it done and I'm like, sweet. I've got one up on the world. I'm done. It, you know, and there's that sense of 
little bit of smugness that comes through because I've, I've done it. But it's quiet. There's no noise except for the noise that I choose to make. Some mornings I have music on. Some mornings that will be some loud um, sort of hardcore hip hop. Other mornings it's classical music. Some mornings it's a podcast and some mornings it's nothing. Mm. Just the birds singing in the background. And that does it for me. It's really nice. It clears my head. It is just, selfishly, it's time for me. There's, there's no other thing. There's nothing else going on. And yeah, I, I quite enjoy, especially these darker nights, darker days. It is. It, it's dark. Nothing else is going on. I see the dog walkers go by me. They must think I'm mad. I don't care. There's one neighbour that walks by and goes, all right, muscles, and then carries on walking. <laughs> it's just like, mate, you have no idea. I really am not, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, I, I, I do. I do enjoy it. And my son will come out. So he tends to get up around 20 past six. Just as I'm finishing, he'll come down. He'll do some pull-ups or swing around on the wing, on the rings. He likes to come and go, oh, look at me picking up. And he'll do a sumo deadlift on the 24 get around kettlebell. Amazing. And he'll, and he'll sit and he'll do his spellings. You know, and he just comes out. And just as I'm finishing and dying, because it's usually some sort of gassy metcom at the end. Yeah, all right, mate. Crack on. <laughs> just mind out the way <laughs> um, don't spew on you <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not a big spewer thankfully <laughs> um, but you've seen me die after some all out rows and stuff like that you alright yeah, give me half an hour I'll be fine if you want to see what Paul does he he documents it very well on his Instagram underscore Paul underscore Jones which I will also link to in the show notes and it's Paul Warrior, who we spoke about earlier, who I believe writes the program for you, mate. So I'm going to hook up all of these different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. On the program, does does me does me a treat. <laughs> it really fucks you over, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. I mean, you'll understand this because you like to run. So I, mm. I don't. I do like running, but I don't run a lot because I have very little cartilage in my right knee. And Paul always sends out. Uh, the workout Clovis at Christmas, which is a 10 mile run and 150 burpee pull ups. Now, last year I rode it because I thought I don't want to run because of my knee. And I've had a pulled calf, so I've not been able to do any running for the last six weeks. Mm. But I, you know, I'm fucking I'm determined to, to run this this year. So I asked you about the ultra shuffle. Mm. So off I went at, 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 at about quarter past five put on my high-vis vest so people could see me because it's just a bit down. I, I look proper sexy. Black leggings, <laughs> black it. hat, high-vis vest, a little backpack with some water in just in case because I not had breakfast, just literally rolled out of bed, threw some water down my throat. You know, high-performance devil stuff here. Uh, like and off, off, off I went on my shuffle and I shuffled 10 miles and it was amazing. Absolutely loved it. Uh, and my knees felt fine because I, I changed the run. But um, yeah, I, the fear was I wasn't going to make it. Mm. But the fear of not doing it and regretting it was a much bigger fear. Mm. And maybe that, maybe that comes back to not being enough. That, that maybe in that instance. So I was like, well, fuck it. If I have to walk the last two miles, I will walk the last two miles. Does it matter? 
But um, having gone from not doing anything more than two miles to being able to run 10 miles, all right, it was two hours. It wasn't fast. But next year, it will be faster. Exactly. Unbelievable. So that's an insight to your training and, and to waking up. Another insight or another part of you that I've always found quite interesting is, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to read or quote from page 19. It's a little bit down that page. It says, the point is not to listen to answer, but to listen to hear. It then mm. goes on to say, don't be quick to reply. Give time to what has been said, what has been offered. Let it settle and absorb. Allow the words to play out. Too often, we reply without thought or understanding. And the reason why I think this is interesting, well, generally people like me talk way too much, but it really, you started a podcast in towards the sort of September time, I think it was, or summertime last year. Yeah, so middle, probably middle of last year, I think June, July yeah. time. Yeah. Which we had you on, thank you. Yeah, and, and we had a, a really a great conversation. And I think I still listen to the podcast. No, I think I still listen to the podcast. I do still listen to the podcast. And one thing I've noticed is a super interesting way in which you do exactly what it's saying here. And I'm going to read this one more time and then maybe let you give some, some commentary on it, Paul. But it says, the point is to listen to answer, is not to listen to answer, but to listen to hear. Do not be quick to reply. Give time to what has been said, what has been offered. Let it settle and absorb. Allow the words to play out. The last bit I love, too often we reply without thought or understanding. Tell us a little bit about it, mate. Yeah, so I think there's probably a couple of things there. Um, I think too often we start listening and come up with an answer before the person's finished talking and often miss the point out. So we want to say our point, our thing, mm. irrespective of what the other person is saying and get our point across. And you you see politicians do this all the time and it drives me mental. <laughs> Not that I watch the news too much because yeah, that's just me. Um, <clears throat> and also from a, a clinical perspective, as a, as a nurse, when you're listening to a patient, you might think you know why they've come in, but you have to listen to what they're saying. And, and too often probably initially in my career, I would jump to what I thought they were saying. And then it's only later on in the conversation, you realize you've completely missed the point. And I learned that actually you get a much richer answer to a question if you don't say anything. And there's usually that moment when someone's replying, there's a pause where perhaps they hope you're going to jump in. Mm. And if you don't say anything, the pause gets longer. They tend then to say a bit more and that's when we get into probably that, that's our door metaphor they're opening a bit more and you probably get to the, the real crux of the matter and you can kind of go okay well let's let's just touch on that and we'll we'll go a little bit deeper into that one shall we so that for me was probably where that came from and people just weren't listening to things it's like just shut up and listen to what's being said think about it and then answer because you'll have a much richer conversation do you think that this is a problem in society and a problem that's progressing? Yes, probably. I said that quite very quickly, didn't I? Um, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it, mate? It's like literally like you, now <laughs> for the rest of the show, we've got to really be careful how we talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, I think 
Yeah, I, I, I do think uh, we live in a very instant society these days. Mm. You know, when we were kids, I'm not saying it was better in olden days, but certainly, you know, supermarkets weren't open on a Sunday. They closed a Saturday afternoon. You had to make do with what you had. You couldn't order something and it arrived the next day. So we are living in this kind of almost Amazon Prime society where our expectations are very quick. Uh, and it's, it's, this per, it's that case of who shouts the loudest gets heard. Mm. Whereas actually often we miss the point. And I think we're all guilty of it to, to a greater or lesser extent. I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of it at times, uh, not listening. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there is a risk that we are getting worse at it. I don't know. I sometimes think over the last maybe 12 months, sometimes the tide is changing a little bit. Some things are, are slightly shifting again. And we're not quite all going down the same route. I certainly, it, it's something we try and teach Toby is to, is to listen to what's being said before you answer. And it's, it's difficult because sometimes you'll hear something, I need, to, I, need to, I need to pick up on that point, but you're still talking and I now need to sit and sit on my hands and bite my lips because otherwise I'm going to jump in too soon. I'm very guilty of that. And I know I used to be guilty of that in lectures or in meetings. And nowadays I've, I've learned probably the hard way just to shut up and listen. Do you, do you think you, you mentioned something that's, that's, I think about almost every day at the moment, mate, and we're, we're, we're a similar age. We are in an era of an insane amount of immediate gratification. We, you know, we've been, we've been on for an hour. I could have literally at the start of this call ordered a meal. It would be at my doorstep. Well, it would have probably been cold by now because it would have been there already 40 minutes. It would have been, you know, and, yeah. and it could have been a range of different, it could have been healthy. It could not have been healthy. Let's not worry about that. But the way that technology is going and the, the, my, my point here is because, uh, I, I got sent a podcast the other day, Lex Friedman talking to Elon Musk and, you know, talking about actual, like Musk, like him, love him, whatever, but like he genuinely, like he convinces you that, yeah, we, we're just going to have life on, on Mars. And I'm much of the opinion that this is not good. We should not be doing this. We are humans. We are here for this. But what part, and, and, and that's sort of a little bit of a, a background to what I'm going to ask you or, or, or what I wanted to put forward is what part of this is okay and what, like, because this is, we're going in this way. We're evolving as human beings. And for you and I to sit here of the age that we are and the era that we are, and we're like, no, it shouldn't be like this. And, you know, children should only have one hour of screen time a day and blah, 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 all, all these things that we, we hear a lot. Are we... Are we the anti-evolution? Yeah, good question. <clears throat> I don't know that I'm qualified to answer the question either, really. I think you're qualified to write a book, mate. You're qualified to answer my question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if we look at the things that are highly valued or, or, or seemingly highly valued, they tend to be scarcity or things that take time to produce. Maybe maybe there's something in that, um, you know, the hand-stitched things that are high cost. I, I think I quite, I'm quite a simple 
not perhaps a simple person, but I like simple things. I like a nice book. I like a nice notebook to write in. Yeah, the digital stuff is nice, and don't get me wrong, it's nice to have those shiny things, but do I think we should go to Mars? So I guess if we went back 100 years ago or 200 years ago, do we think it's right to fly a plane? That's, that's the realm of the birds, but it's opened up the world for good or for bad. Mm. It allows you to go off and do your ultramarathons here, there and everywhere. But at the same time, are we better for it? I, there are so many different questions and answers to be given. Oh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It, they're big thoughts, aren't they? Mm. I mean, we I... are humans. Is there why do okay, maybe the question should be this why do we need to go to Mars? Is it because we're ruining the, the planet we already have and therefore we're escaping mm. the mess that we're making? If that's the case, then maybe we should get our own house in order so we don't have to go to Mars. So basically, stop fucking this one up, and then we can, we won't have to move next door. Well, essentially, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 maybe maybe that's the question that needs to be asked. Why why do we need to live on Mars? Mm. Is it just because it's it's a nice place to go? Mm. You know, is it that, or is there a, a deeper rooted problem that we're running away from? Maybe that's the question that should be asked. I'm going to jump back to. It's a little bit related. I feel that this next one is a little bit related to fear. Are you all right for time, by the way, mate? Yeah, you're good. Good. Are you still enjoying yourself? <laughs> yeah, mate. I'm... Good. We'll, we'll continue. On page 67, the title is To Stand Apart. Oh, yeah. And it kicks off with to be comfortable in who you are is a gift and a rare gift at that. Do we think... If I just take what we've been speaking about before, fear not being enough and then being comfortable who we are and a gift, we often hear this, mate. And that's why I'm only focusing on, on the first and second line and what we've spoken about before. So I'm interested to get some, some more commentary because this, this is actually one of the longest ones. This is like over three pages, which I had to, you know, almost had to do in like two breaks and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good one. It's one of my favorites. Um, and I definitely read this about three times the first time I read the book and blah, 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 blah. But if we're comfortable in who we are and we manage to get to this point where, I mean, you, mate, you're, I think you're a fantastic example of this. Does it mean that we stand alone and does it mean that we stand apart? Because isn't the fact that we want to blend in, like, does that give us comfort or where, where are we at with, with standing apart? Okay. So, um, I'm just going to add a little bit of context. So the picture that goes with this, there are lots, if you know your trees, I think they're all silver birches, and there's one tree that is completely different. Yeah. And it struck me as I was walking through the woods, it's like, shit, that tree doesn't care. It's quite happy to be there, and it's completely different from the rest. And it made me think, okay, so if I look at my physical friendship groups that I see on a regular basis, I'm the only one that really gets up at five o'clock in the morning and does exercise. And I'm really comfortable with that. And I don't care if people think I'm weird because of it. It's who I am. And Sean, the chap I do the podcast with, he says, well, if, if you're not weird, you're weird, right? 
because we're because we're all a little bit weird. It's like yeah, you got a point. So, and it took me a while to be comfortable with doing that and telling people this is what I do, this is who I am, mm. and now I'm quite proud of that's who I am. Yeah, it's a point of difference, perhaps, and maybe in this world we all need a little bit of point of difference. Mm. It is nice to then find your community. So actually my community, a lot of it is, is online, you know, um, the people that I have two Instagram accounts, one is very personal and you have to befriend me to, to see what's on that. And that's very much family stuff. And I don't tend to post too much on that now that Toby's older, but the, the people that follow the, the fitness account, shall we say, actually the amount of people I've met in person in that is really quite low but they are like-minded in as much that they they seek physical exercise to be better at better at life well we'll use that term because it's on brand right (laughs) thank you sir they're they're, they're looking for no weakness (laughs) (laughs) but it is true and you know there is always going to be someone out there that has a similar liking to you, but perhaps initially you have to be willing to separate yourself from the herd to go and find those other people. And you have to be comfortable in yourself to to do that and not be embarrassed by it. Mm. Uh, And the same with the writing. It's like, Oh, I don't know if I want people to see this that I know. So when I put the book out there, I, I do have a Facebook account. Don't tend to use it very much. And that is, those are people that I have seen, uh, rugby people, people that I've worked with. Uh, and when I shared the fact that I put this book out there, there's part of me is like, I'm not sure what they're going to think of this if they buy it, because mm. they're not probably going to realise there's this, this part of me that's there. But actually, I'm proud of that part of me. I mean, my old English teacher would be amused by the fact I've been able to do a book. <laughs> That wasn't great. No, it's great to see in, in GCSE English because, well, rugby was life and not school. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, it's um, I actually find that quite interesting. The what you said there about Facebook as well, mate, because I've I've also gone through a, a similar thing. Um, but I I always remember. It's a quote from from Gandhi that says, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then they're silent, then you win, or so, something along along those along those lines. Yep. Which when you said that about old school or rugby friends and and, and Facebook or, 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 or any platform really that always springs to mind because I think and, and this is probably testament to to what you're doing is that you found and people can see it feel it I'm I'm fortunate enough to speak to you on a video call some people are listening to this you know on, on audio they can feel this energy and this passion and this absolute comfort you have with with how you're doing things which is which is incredible mate oh, I'm chuffed because at 23 I would not have been comfortable or confident at all Mm. Uh, and maybe life experiences added into that that actually the majority of what people think is 
generally due to their own insecurities and issues uh, and it's projected upon you and actually i don't need that yeah i don't i don't need the validation anymore it's nice yeah we all we all like the validation from other people oh, this is really good well done you did a great job yeah it's nice yeah but i can walk out my front door and go yeah, i'm doing all right i'm happy yeah and there's a lot to be said for just being happy I say just. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing for a lot of people. Concurrency of time and the occurrence of outcomes finishes with a very short paragraph on page 62 of the book, which says the grains of sand continue their perpetual descent through the egg timer of life. Make each one count either now or later. Mm. It's the now or later interest me in this ball okay how do we make the grains of life the grains of sand in the egg timer count later if people and, and the reason and I, i'm not trying to stitch you up and test you on your no, own no, no. Post, no, no I'm, I'm quite happy to answer that but i and i think I, I feel sorry mate I, I i feel sometimes people are like it's already too late that's the reason for this particular question okay fine so, and we've already touched about, I think I already touched on this. Um, and it came it came out of a conversation with Kev Toonan, who is known as Strength Elite, and he's one of the coaches at, at 98 Rye Street in Australia. And we had a podcast with him. And he said, look, mate, I want to do something now that my 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 body in 10 years' time is going to be like, thanks for doing that. So, so the exercise we do today is an investment in our future selves. So if you look at metabolic disease, generally it's all the crap we're doing to ourselves now that then pays out 10, 20, 30 years down the line. You know, 30 years of shitty eating, poor exercise or lack of exercise and activity is going to lead to laying down a value post tissue, visceral fat, ruining your kidneys, increasing your, your blood pressure, damaging your heart, you know, and it all pays out in your 60s. Those that are smoking now are I'd be fine, but we see COPD or emphysema that used to be known, you know, that, that starts to show its ugly head at 55, 60. So, so your actions now do have an impact further down the line. Um, same with the planet. Treat it like trash now, it'll bite you back. Or you'll bite your two generations further down the line back. So for that one, if you exercise today and you consistently do it, you'll get a high, a dopamine hit from the exercise. You'll feel better for it. There'll be some challenges in there. But if you keep doing that in 10 years' time, you'll be fitter, healthier, more capable, less restricted in the things that you can do. So it pays out double. And what's absolutely beautiful for people that do make the right decision and go and get a copy of this book is that those words and thoughts play perfectly into... One of, the, one of the posts, which is on page 51, called Self, which we haven't discussed, but basically Paul just summarized it. And it's, it's, it's exactly what you just said, mate. So we'll move to what I wanted to save as, 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 as the last one. And there are a couple that we haven't gone into, but I think we've, we've covered sort of there's some things that are in there mate so sorry if i've missed any that you you wanted to to, to talk about but what i wanted no, to okay. i want i mean if there's any that you want to 
elaborate on, mate, that we haven't spoken about, we could do that now. Um, I think... So I'm not too sure which one you want to end on. <laughs> Page seventy-four. Roll the. Okay, so, so, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll kind of. I think um, on page twenty-nine, you've got make sure your ceiling has an escape hatch. Yes. And I think we too often put limitations on ourselves. So what I was trying to say with this was, um, fine, maybe put a limitation, but just make sure you've got the opportunity to go higher because actually what starts off as perhaps your end goal ends up being a footnote in, in the rolling hills before you get to the mountaintop. Mm. Um, I, I think, and people will know this, and we're going to reference exercise again, but if you say, oh, I'd like a 100 kilogram deadlift, by the time you get that, you're thinking, I want a 150 kilogram deadlift. And then it moves again and it moves again. So to just give yourself one ceiling and be stuck there, you're kind of limiting what you can do in life. So just make sure there's an escape hatch at the top. I think that's a is an incredible sort of way to put it, mate. And but it also it also sort of we stop because we just focus on that, for example, that hundred kilos. Mm. And it's like, know that there is that, there is more. Yeah, Don't worry sure. about it right now. It's, it's not, you know, 120 is, is irrelevant because you're only on 50. But just know that there should be a bit more. Or just be, just be open to, to thinking, okay, when I get there, I'll, I'll just have a little look around. And maybe there's, maybe there's something around the corner that I quite like the look yeah. of as well sort of thing. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be a big jump. It can no. just be a hundred to a hundred and two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a bit like, I'm trying to explain this to my son with education, um, with exams and what have you. So, you know, you've got sats coming up. They're just bits and pieces and they're lines in the sand. But it's like you're trying to gather the keys to get to the next level in the game. And you want as many keys as possible to get to as many different lesson, uh, levels. So you've got all the choices. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Just don't be limited by grabbing one key. Grab the whole key ring. Yeah. I like that. Come on then. Oh, roll the dice. Walk us through, roll the dice, mate. Unless there's another one. I'm, I'm actually having a great time. <laughs> oh, look, I think um, we'll come to roll the dice in a second. And I think, um, <laughs> sorry. Having gone from the ceiling, it, it goes straight into when you burn the shed skin, discover who you are. Yeah. Uh, and it is kind of, it is that thing. And maybe maybe there is some repetition in here. I don't, I'm not sure. But actually, when you change, you do have to shed shed a skin. Otherwise, you get constricted and stuck in that, that one identity. Um, I just think that feeds in quite nicely from there. And it's it's knowing that I'm a very different person today than I was 10 or 12 years ago mm. and I'm happy because of that because it's shown growth it's shown insight I've picked up on experiences and added them in um, knowledge is great but it's only half the story isn't it you need to have the experience that goes with it adds depth and I think 
when you change, you do have to, you, you cast off that previous skin, let it burn uh, and, and be fresh and come out the other side of it. Do you, I don't know if you've experienced much of this from, from your profession, mate. I, I, I'm pretty sure you've got as many experiences from, from life. People that have made changes based on tragedy as opposed to people that, I mean, so far, and, and excuse me if, if, if I've missed it, but you haven't had an, a, a big moment. In, there's not one moment in your life that's led you to producing this incredible piece of work and, and producing and you who you are. I'm sure there's a number of different moments. Where do you stand based on defining moments? And it could be anything from, you know, let's, you know, death, heart attack, cancers, accidents, no matter what it is, to this just incredible desire and passion to live a great life? I think some people will come to things naturally uh, and it will be, um, say you've got a, a row of dominoes lined up and you've got that initial one and you're just tapping the domino, not enough to make it cascade down. And often that will, that will go on and on and on. And all of a sudden something will happen and it will finally tip over. And you've been probably working to that moment for a long time and you'll come naturally to it. Other times you'll get a life event that is the catalyst and it won't just knock the first one down. It'll probably knock the first five down and it's a big change. I think both work. I think sometimes we need a catalyst something uh, uh, to shake us to make us go oh crap actually i'm not not doing very well here i could be doing better and yeah there's there's been moments previously in my life that perhaps have have caused a, a sudden shift but i think both work i think it's nice if you can reach it naturally uh, and probably most of us if there is um a death a tragedy a, a sudden thing that happened we've probably been thinking about making that change for a while anyway and this is the one that's just slapped us around the face and gone you need to do it now mm. but then new year new me oh. i mean we, we, i know <laughs> you've been good till now mate <laughs> it is i mean i can't stand it because actually it's not a new you you're just evolving mm. don't throw out the baby with the bathwater but maybe change some of the bits and pieces that go with it. And yes, I do like an analogy, <laughs> if you haven't noticed. Um, uh, and people use that, don't they? Oh, I'll start on Monday. I don't know why they do that. I guess it's a line in the sand, but just start now. Just start where you are. Mm. And I think that it says that in one of the other pieces mm. in the book, is actually just, just start. Mm. Uh, yeah. tragedy and I think that perhaps that's why I say why I've talked about death in here um, is, is often it, it's the thing that will start things for us I think um, I know there's one in here and I can't think what it's called now it kind of highlights that that point that that's, that's the time for most people 
uh, lost opportunities of life of life are found in the face of death on page 20. 20 yeah yeah um perhaps the true value of life is only fully appreciated in the shadows of death yeah yeah, yeah. someone wants to say oh, that's a bit morbid or a bit dark paul but actually i think when you can see the stark contrast it makes you go oh, hold on a second this, this is an opportunity to change things and you see, you hear people say, "Oh, I've been I've been diagnosed with this. I need I need to change. I'm going to change everything now." Mm. And there's a, a finite amount of time or window of opportunity to to really latch on to those bits, and then it's just trying to help maintain people on those. Well, you must see it when people come into the gym. And say, oh, I want to do this, and I think um, it's who's the guy Logan Gil Gilbrick. Mm. from juice gym mm. i think he says he gets people to commit to six months or something like that because actually once those six months are done maybe it's six weeks but it's a, just enough of amount of time for people to get into that a new habit or routine mm. to change things as opposed to it being a flash in the pan yeah yeah that uh that's definitely it's got pen over it as well mate <laughs> reference page 20 and and there's two there's two parts of it this is the time when death becomes a gift and life is no longer taken for granted the missed mm. opportunities do not wait time continues yeah it's we won't finish on death but i i make my <laughs> I, no, I, don't. It, it wouldn't be wrong to do so um but i think what I learned through your book and the number of times that and <laughs> by the book folks it's the best thing you can do it's not a book on death but death is mentioned a number of times because I believe that in death there's life yeah because to have a death you have to have had a life so what Paul really highlights for us is the amount of living that can be done if someone chooses to do it before death takes place. I think that's, yeah. that's how I see it. I hadn't appreciated perhaps how much I've mentioned death in the book. Sorry, mate. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine because it's part of everyday life, isn't it? So I'm not, I'm not I won't apologize for it. No, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Roll the Dice kicks off with six really powerful words that kind of all sum up or, or, or have one meaning in a way. They're hardship, struggle, resistance, adversity, hurt, and setbacks. And it goes on to say, at some point, all likely to experience these and more than once. Tell us a little bit about this. It's actually, it's funny, mate. And I haven't done this on purpose, but this is the last piece it is. in the book. That's weird. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, tell you about it. I think there was an element. Of... We are not freshly boxed trainers that are going to stay in a cupboard. We are a well-worn pair of shoes that no matter what, you are going to have in life 
an experience of one of those. You're going to have a setback. You're going to have some hardship. You're going to have some struggles. And I think if you don't, you're probably not really living. Yeah. Um, okay. And actually, I think the quicker you acknowledge you're going to have these things, mm. probably the less hesitancy you're going to have in the movements you make moving forwards. And then when you go through them, it helps to reveal, I guess, who you are yeah. and who the people you surround you are. And actually, whether they're the right people around you or not, are they going to help you? Are they going to stand by and watch you flail around on your own or not? And it just helps to perhaps bring greater clarity to who and what you are doing moving forwards. There's a lot to be learned from these. Often they're really good lessons and you take forward the things you've learned from it. Oh, I'm not going to do that again or I'm not going to put my trust in that sort of person again. Or if I come up against this, I know what I'm going to do because I've, I've learned from this. And if you haven't learned from it, then, then more fall on you. I have only two questions left. Okay. One of them is probably quite strange. But why is the picture of the dice not a double six? Because it's not guaranteed. I knew you'd say that, mate. <laughs> Did you uh, and think nine's, about that? nine's my favorite number as well. Ah, there we go. I, knew there was, <laughs> I was like, why is this dice six and three? There's got to be something to do with, with that. I don't, I, I don't know that I actually had any thought in the process. <laughs> I knew it couldn't be snake eyes. Yeah. And perhaps I didn't want it to be two sixes. Because you don't always get to have two sixes. I thought so. My last question, mate, is a small favour, and I think it would be nice to, to, to close with. Would you mind reading for us the last paragraph of Roll the Dice on, on page 75? Yeah, yeah, sure. Life is easier with experience, but you must live to be able to gather the experience. Hiding and staying sheltered will not help. The hand you have been dealt is the hand you must play. Every roll won't be a Yahtzee, nor will it be a snake eyes. So grab the dice, roll them, and play from there. Incredible. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, thank you. I genuinely um, thank you for, for reading it twice and making <laughs> notes all over it. And let me talk to you about it. Um, yeah, it it's amazing. It's... From my perspective, I'm blown away that people are buying it thank you yeah it's i guess and but that i think that's what makes it more powerful and more real mate is that it's it's just you and yeah, it is it is me yeah perfectly imperfect me <laughs> on paper on paper and it's yeah but there's i mean it's 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 amazing it's one of the honestly i i would struggle to to put together the best book i read in 2021 but i think this and and i'm not saying it just because i've got you on mate and but i think this would definitely i i would if i was to gift someone a book in 2021 i've gifted quite a few different books thank you this is definitely the more and now that's why i think like you said earlier, blog posts, people will read them and people will interpret them. But this opportunity for that you've kindly given me to, to ask you questions, why 
and and you've not been insulted by any of my crap comments no. <laughs> you know it's really made it even even more interesting so i might have to uh yeah i might have to hop back on amazon and and, and order a few more because i think it's it's definitely something that a lot more people should get their hands on i, I think i think also you can read it now and you can pick it up in five years and the words will perhaps will have different meanings mm. to you as well. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm super proud of it. I'm super proud of the pictures that I chose. They're all my own pictures. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just chuffed. Oh, I really am. Amazing. Paul, we'll leave it there. Ladies and gentlemen, I will hook up all of those links. Paul's Instagram, a link to the book in the show notes go and grab it it's on amazon it's very simple you click you buy you get delivered and then you open up your mind i think that's really make you make you just make people think about and follow paul's post follow his blog which I'll, i'll i'll link to as well he might not be your cup of tea seven days of the week but if he's your cup of tea one day i think you're gonna you're gonna learn an incredible amount Thank you, Marcus. Amazing.